Okay, here we are. This is an amazing edition of the Flippin' Sexy Real Estate Experience. We've got Maylee Nelson here, and my name is Dave Deal. We are your hosts for this experience. And boy, this is the inside look at what it's like to be a real estate agent and investor. Absolutely. I'm so excited to be here. This is the behind the scenes, right? Pretty much unedited, uncut, unscripted of what we do and how we do it, why we became investors and why we became real estate agents as well. We're going to take you behind the scenes of what we do at Flippin' Sexy, right? Before we jump into this episode, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast for... Oh my gosh, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Flippin' Sexy Real Estate Agent Edition podcast. Dave Deal, Maylee Nelson, we're here and we're going to jump into some crazy stuff that's been going on in the world of being a real estate agent. Maylee, tell us what you've had going on the last couple of weeks. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, well, we all know the market's just crazy, right? Like we, we've been talking about that, but uh, so... There's two things. So I did a wholesale this week, right? Um, so we'll talk about that. I want to dive in and the drama like that is going on with this freaking wholesale. And it's a great learning experience for everyone, like understanding how you can do a wholesale as an agent, because we hear about that all the time, right? Like, can you, can you not? Is it a broker? You know, I mean, there's so right. much um, controversy behind, I feel like, wholesales. And let's dive into what a wholesale is, maybe. I think that could be really helpful for our yep. investor agents or people who are wanting to become an investor agent, at least. Uh, and then also, so I listed Harrisville. Yep. 42 offers. <laughs> so we're going to need to talk a little bit about what oh. hell happened on wow. the, you know, the last three days. It's just been like... Oh, okay. <laughs> that is insane. I know. Yeah. So, you know, we have a lot to talk about as far as like how and $75,000 above where I originally purchased the price. So my original ARV was three fit or three thirty five. I have it under contract for four twenty one. Oh my gosh. So, right. Let's, let's talk about like, what is going on with our market? Let's talk about how appraisals are going to, you know, how that yeah. works. Yeah. Uh, because that's, a that's a, again, a quite a bit of a controversy as far as like, okay, well, yeah, somebody can offer you 420, but if it doesn't appraise, you know, if you think it's worth 335, which is what my original ARV was, like, what do you do? You know what I mean? Like, what's, how do we tackle that? Unless it's cash, because obviously that doesn't matter. <laughs> yep. Yep. No, it's true. But, uh, it, it seems like definitely that's the area, at least that I've seen. Like if you've got cash, you can play. If you don't, then you're in a tough, tough ball game right now because mm -hmm. the cash speaks. And yeah, I mean, at that point, most of those offers don't really care about what the appraisal is. Most of them don't really care about any contingencies. And, you know, at least from a buying standpoint, that's definitely what it seems like. But I mean, let's talk about the, the listing side too, and the selling side. I mean, 42 offers, how do you pick and decipher what's a good offer? How do you choose the best one? And I, I think sometimes too, it's not always the highest offer that's the best offer because you don't know if that is going to back out, if they're going to come back and want to negotiate after they're under contract. And, you know, what uh, what have you guys been doing to to really figure out what the best uh, plan is? Yeah. There? 
Yeah. And, and that's kind of, you know, what I wanted to kind of go through was to share our, our story, right? Like how we do figure this out um, on two aspects, because I feel like we have a very unique scenario in the case that I am the owner, but also I'm the listing agent, right? And so yeah. I have, um, and my primary uh, goal always is to serve my clients well, in this case, I'm the client, right? <laughs> like, yeah. so it's kind of like, oh, interesting. But also, but more importantly, is actually the investors. So hopefully most people know by now, right, that we, um, you know, how we do business, right, together and, and through all of our investors, we do not use any of our own money. Personally, I don't use any of my own money. You don't use any of your money. Well, you have, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it depends um, on the deal for sure. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I our strategy is thus to, you know, for every about four fix and flips, I take that um, I, I take that money every other right, uh, and we buy a rental property with it, and it's a seller financed rental property. I you know we don't I, I have not ever had a loan on a property for an investment not ever yeah. right like that's crazy to think about, um, and yet we have dozens and dozens of rentals across the nation and. I've, I've never, ever put my own money in a deal Right. We're on like our 80th transaction as far as fix and flip, obviously probably 200 transactions overall, but right. That's crazy to think about. Yep. So I do have to have my primary, uh, I think scenario is to recognize that the investors are first. So I'm serving them. What do they want? Like you said, how do you choose a deal or the right person that's going to buy the house and not back out? Not, you know what I mean? Like, Yep. It's crazy. So diving into, uh, actually, I'm curious on your side, what are what are you doing for, because you're a buyer, a primary buyer's agent, right? And yep. you're the, the best that I know. Like, you're so great. <laughs> um, what do you do? What are you doing to help your clients be competitive? Just as like, you know. You know, I think the biggest thing is you've got to just do stuff to have their offer stand out. I mean, one thing that used to work all the time, it doesn't work so much anymore, um, but I think it still helps. It did get us a deal, um, gosh, six months ago or so, but we had like a $10,000 earnest money. And, you know, that one just showed, hey, we're serious. The, the seller uh, was an investor and an agent as well. And he's just like, why did you guys do 10,000? And I was like, honestly, I didn't want to get beat out. It shows that we're serious. It shows that we're not going to back out of this deal. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, we wanted to, to just get our foot in the game there. Another one that I've seen um, working is having your earnest money go hard, just like automatically, which again, sounds crazy, but that one seems to be helping a lot. Um you have to pretty much always go above asking price. And, you know, it's a gamble because you're right. Just like you said, you're 75,000 over and, you know, we've, I mean, some of the offers we put in have been in the, um, gosh, 30 to 50,000 range. And, and those have been getting outbids. So you, you honestly have to be pretty much that high in order to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I think I've even seen some funny ones too, where people are like, Hey, we're going to, you know, buy you a net Netflix subscription or like Hulu, just like funny <laughs> random stuff. Because you know that when the uh, listing agent is walking through with the buyer or with the, with the sellers, they're going to see that and they're going to just laugh and it's going to stand out, you know, amidst the rest of them. And so I think it's, you know, beyond just having, 
over asking price, high, high, uh, earnest monies, you've got to really do something to stand out. Um, you know, the letters and stuff used to work. They sometimes do now, but not really because most people are just like, Oh, sweet. I got 50,000 over what I was asking. This is great. I don't care. Like, and so, yeah, I mean, I think those are really the things just showing that you can be strong, um, offering, options for them if they need like a lease back for a period of time. Uh, we've had a couple where we put offers in and we put a lease back in like, Hey, it's a free lease back for three months. And then you can, you know, at that point move out. Um, or if it goes beyond that, then, you know, let's just pay the cost of the mortgage or something. So I'm not sitting on it. So, yeah, I mean, those are some of the things that we've been testing out and trying, uh, some work, some don't, it's just, I mean, right now, all the things I used to thought think would work don't. And so you, you have to get creative and kind of, re, you really do have to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Um, but the thing I feel like that's speaking volumes is just having cash. If you have cash, you can, you can get a deal done. Yeah. Uh, and that's exactly what I, you know, uh, for everyone, all the buyers out there, first off, I want to just say, be patient. You know, I, this is a trying time and I get that, you know, there's just not enough inventory every, you know, the people, people are getting mad, you know, everyone is so frustrated and I don't blame them. The agents are getting really frustrated. You know, I'm sure you're right. It's about, it's, it can be exhausting. And I just want, you know, all the buyers, Utah buyers across, but I've been talking to California buyers. I've been talking to buyers. Yeah, no, it's everywhere. You know, Colorado is going not so right now. I don't, I mean, okay. What's the frenzy? Why, why all of a sudden, you know, because California is doing the same thing. Well, but they're all moving here. No, they're not. No, yeah. they're not. They're not all moving here. Because California's market's just going, it's climbing like crazy, you know. So everyone's so mad because like, oh, all these out-of-towners are coming in. They've always been coming in. So what is the frenzy? Like, what is part of it, you know? Um, I got a phone call yesterday from uh, this group that's in China and they have $4 million and they're looking to deploy it tomorrow. Like that's, mm-hmm. they're like, Hey, I'm buying. And I'm like, okay, well, sure. I'm selling, you know what I mean? Like, but yeah. like, that's crazy, you know, cause of all of our rentals are like, Hey, we want to buy your rental portfolio. Yep. Um, well, no, you know, <laughs> like, but hmm, you know, <laughs> like, right. it makes you think cause it's, you know, they're coming in with just cash and they're like, Hey, yeah, I think I That's think there's cool. really a combination of a couple of things, right? COVID has done a couple of things. One, people that want like for the first time home buyers or even people that lived in an apartment or something, they started to realize crap, if we're gonna be at home, we're gonna be working from home, then we need bigger space. We need an office, we need stuff like that, right? And so you have that pool has gotten bigger, but then you're also right. I think the market's crazy. People don't really know where to invest their money. And so you have tons and tons of investment money that's just flooding the market in real estate because they know that's a solid bet. Even if stuff goes down, they can hold it for a while. It'll come back. And it's not as volatile as the market. It's not as volatile as other types of investment strategies. And so you have this just insane amount of cash flooding the market. And now that's what's making it harder for anybody else to buy. Because of that, it's creating the frenzy. And so people are like, oh, crap, if I want to buy a house, I got to do it right now. Yeah. And so and it's, it's just fueling it, everything, right? It is true. I mean, if you're going to try and buy a house, buy it now. Like I, I have, that's my advice for every buyer. If you're saying, I'll wait till the market crashes, I think you're in for a very 
sorry scenario. I I do. I think that you should pull all the stops, figure out how, I don't care if it's pulling it from your 401. (laughs) You know what I mean? Perfect. Do that. You know, whatever it takes to, to get that cash because cash is, is king, you know, in this market. So get it buy and let's, let's, get you some brick and mortar because yep. <laughs> I, I think yeah go, go ahead and no, I was going to say the the rates are extremely low still I mean even though they're coming up half a point or so they're still astronomically low compared to what they've been in the past oh, yeah. and so money is so cheap right now on the traditional side too so yeah. it makes it easy so absolutely and um I think but so last night we were at dinner with this group that's doing you know Obviously, we keep hearing Bitcoin, Bitcoin, right? I mean, everyone's doing Bitcoin. So, okay, cool. That's not my play, right? I've never, like, I invest in real estate because that's that's my bread and butter, right? Like, that's what we know how to do. Um, I, I've never, I, this is terrible, and this might sound, I've never, ever invested on the stock market, personally. Like, I just haven't. Uh, no, I have stock. I'm not saying that, right? Because EXP, right? It's like, yep, yep, yeah, sure. everyone yep. invests in EXP. It's climbing like crazy, right? But, uh but really, right? I've just but so we went to this dinner and you know they're telling us all stuff like you know how to how to mine. I'm like I'm mining for what? You know, know. What I mean? like it's, for me, it's, it was, it's imaginary. It doesn't exist. It's like you know, digital. I'm, it's crazy. I'm like I'm mining. Wait, gold? You know what I mean? Like I'm like grabbing a stick. <laughs> yep. No, yep. Right. And and so I learned all about this mining and how to buy all these servers and I learned how to you know all this stuff and I'm like okay like you can't buy them though you can't buy you can't buy a computer to mine and i'm like it's just the whole thing it's fake money it's not governed by the government you know it's not regulated yep so all these people from all over the world can do you know buy bitcoin or whatever and it's not traceable yep that scares me a little i'm yep. sorry it's crazy like you can buy real estate with it i didn't know I'm that not, isn't that crazy how can you buy real estate with, with not like, <laughs> it, like, there's nothing like, I don't it is absolutely unreal. And it just, I mean, it blows my mind, right? I mean, that's, that's tech is where things are going. And it's funny. Cause you think back to all the old movies, like, you know, I robot and gosh, I don't even, whatever the other ones were, but stuff taking over. And I think it's a totally different type of takeover, right? It's not necessarily robots and stuff, but it's, um, more than that, it's technology. It's the ability for digital currencies and digital everything to just overrun and consume our lives. I mean, you even look at like social media platforms. Oh. I mean, that's starting to change how people make decisions. It's starting to change how people function. You know, you get stuck on TikTok for four hours, and <laughs> some, you know, some of the TikToks on there are like, "Hey, it's night, and now it's day," and yeah, it's just. But it's true, right? I mean, everything is beginning to change. But one thing we know: everybody's always going to need a house. They They're always going to need a place they to need live. Something yep. tangible. They need to be able to have a roof over their friggin' head. Yep. Like, it's not going to change. That's always going to be there. So we are in the top three fastest growing markets in the nation. We have right three of our counties are the top three. So this is Utah. The top three. So we're one, two, and three. It's crazy. So all I'm saying to everyone, 
buckle up because <laughs> we're in for a fun, you know, year. This 21, 21. It's, it's going to be an adventure. And I think, yeah, like you said, I mean, if you're, if you want to buy, if you need a place to buy, just do it. You're going to have to bite the bullet. You're going to have to deal with it. You're going to have to pay more than you want to pay. Um, I know it's uncomfortable. I know it sounds crazy, but that's, it's what it is. Yep. So, And again, if it, if it does for some crazy reason change and stuff drops, as long as you buy right, you can write it out and it'll make money. It will come back. I mean, you look at prices of homes. I think we talked about this, you know, on the last episode or one before that, but you look at prices back before, um, Oh seven, Oh eight. And you look at them now, right. They dropped, but they're way above where they were at the height and even the low points. I mean, that's like not even real anymore. So if it were to drop back to where it was, you know, at the high point back then, it wouldn't matter because it's going to come back and it's going to come back higher. Yep, exactly. So uh, don't be scared. Don't be intimidated and just be patient. Right. And and recognize that if you don't get chosen as a buyer, it's not against you. It's not an attack at you. It's not, it's just somebody else is willing to do something different. Right. And and be creative. So I lo- I want to talk about being creative too because that I love the Netflix and I said, <laughs> I'm totally using that like that's so awesome uh, just because it's funny and you know yeah it's totally funny it's yeah. totally out of the norm right just yeah. something that stands out so fun okay so I'm going to do a couple things here so uh, I want to pull up these offers just because I think that, that will help. <laughs> understand you know kind of where and what we're getting you know as far as the different things we had three that made it to the top three right where we had to like okay out of these three clearly um you know we'll, we'll get this i ended up taking this offer so we'll talk well let's yeah i'll just go over the one that we actually ended up accepting just because. Or yeah, I mean, while you're looking for that, what were some of the things that stood out the most in the top three? Well, so the, the key, right, is the appraisal guarantee. I think, mm-hmm. honestly, if you're going to be offering something that we know, right, and they call me, which I, that's the other thing. Agents, if you're not calling mm-hmm. the, the seller, like the, the seller's agent, like the listing agent, don't bother. Please don't. Like on yeah. my side at least. And maybe do you have a different opinion about that? But- no, I mean you have to communicate, right? You can't just throw it in blind. Like even if it's a text and you're gonna have a yes. text conversation, do that. But yeah, a phone call is way better because number one, you're building that rapport with that other agent. Number two, you can actually communicate that your buyer or seller is strong. They this is what they want. I mean, every time I usually call and say, Hey, I've got a client, they're interested. I know you probably have a gazillion offers. Mm-hmm. What is your seller looking for? Like, what are the main things that they're looking for? What do they need in order to make the deal happen? Yeah. And my assumption, I know you can't tell me what some of these offers are, but if we were to submit an offer from this range to this range, would it put us in a position where we could at least be looked at, yeah. you know, and, and most of the time people are willing to yeah. at least say, yeah, I mean, I think you're, you might have a shot at that. Right. Mm-hmm. In, in my scenario, uh, it makes it hard because I can't. I'm the owner. I can yep. blatantly say, I have 411. I have 415. Yep. I can, you know, that's also hard though because. <laughs> yep. Right? It's like, ah, now it's just a bidding war of like. Okay, it is, which. You know, 
in some ways is really cool, but in other ways, like it's, it's really not right. It's dumb. It shouldn't be to that point, but yes, I mean, sellers are able to make more than what they thought they could. And that's, that's really cool. But that bidding war type of mentality, I mean, it just makes it cutthroat. It makes it crazy. It's not, a, you know, it's yeah. not a happy thing. <laughs> yeah. Cause the people who lose, you know, in a bidding war are so mad, you know, yeah. don't blame them. You know, they're, they're mad. They're disappointed. It's like, well, okay, well, you know, what, what can you do? And so one, you know, that's actually a really good point of, of that I want to make too, is, you know, if you're not tracking the numbers on what your offers are, um, you know, after I'll even usually follow up with the agent and say, Hey, I know you selected an offer where, where was it roughly? Yeah. And, you know, at that point you can start to make a list of, okay, look, here are the ranges. Here's what stuff's going for. You can have some data and some metrics that when you go to submit more offers and then even your clients, right? Like, look, proofs in the pudding, here's the facts. So if you can't play in this range, then you either need to pull out or you need to step up mm-hmm. because then it makes it, I mean, it's just fact driven at that point. It's not emotion. It's right. here's the numbers, here's the deal, do it or don't. Yep. And then, yeah, I, I think um, I had a buyer and I think maybe you were telling me this too, but um, you know, agent call and they're like, okay, this is why they dropped their price point. They're approved for like five, you know, whatever, but they chose to be in this price point for this yep. reason. And that's yeah. what I coached them, you know, and I'm like, good for you. I'm, I'm proud of you to recognize that, you know, yeah, they might want a $500,000 home, you know, cause that was, you know, that was high end, you know, most yep. Yep. for a while. And I was like, I'm sure. Like, but now, you know, that's You're buying a cardboard box for 500. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and I, <laughs> so, but I love that, um, you know, the, that concept of what you're saying, just that community yeah, just track stuff. Yeah. Getting the track. I love that. I think that that's brilliant and, and spot on, right. Especially for that area too. So if you have a buyer that's in a specific area tracking mm-hmm. what they, yeah, that's super helpful. Okay. So uh, on this specific deal, the one we ended up choosing was this. So tell me what you think. I want everyone's opinion too. So in the comments, you know, people tell us what you think about this. So here, uh, so hi, Mainly. First off, he called me, right? He sent the offer and he, or before he sent the offer, he called me, right? So that's first and foremost, we developed a relationship and he asked exactly what you just said, right? Like, okay, we want the house. What do we got to do? What are you looking yep. for? What, right? Um, and, and that was nice. We could talk and help him understand where I already have multiple offers. This is yep. what, where we're at. If you can play ball, submit an offer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then you're not wasting time either because, right? Like why submit an offer? Honestly, and th- this is terrible, but this is true. And I'll just, I mean, this is me being transparent. I missed two offers. I didn't review two offers that I, I didn't even look at. I missed them because my inbox is so, you know what I mean? It's crazy right now. So, they didn't text me. They didn't call me. I missed their offer. I didn't even see their offer. Wow. So, and one of them, and this is, this is me just being like, I can't believe I did that. Right. Like shame on me. But also, also like if you don't communicate, yeah, you got to communicate, you got to make sure you, know, you got to follow up. You got to, yeah, nothing. I got nothing. Right. They sent offer for four eleven, which at the time when they, they were the first offer, I just didn't know they submitted an offer. It was like the first walkthrough uh, like, cause they looked it up. I'm like, who was this? You know what I mean? On uh, showing times. And they, it was for four eleven. I mean, most 
offers came in at like 385, 395, you know, somewhere right there. Nothing above 400 for a minute. It wasn't until the last day that I got like three offers above, you know, to kind yeah, of push. Right. If I would have seen that, I mean, he would have had, I'm sure he would have yeah, probably would have taken it. Yeah. Well, sure. I'm sure he would have, you know, just matched with these guys and maybe he didn't even more and could have bought the, could have had the deal. Yeah. They could have had the deal had they literally just reached out to me. Cause then I wouldn't have just like completely missed it. Right. <laughs> like yep. I straight yep. up, like didn't even look at it until we, so I, we did a, a webinar uh, every Tuesday night. We do a uh, flipping sexy a webinar it's ask me anything is what it's called right every tuesday night at six o'clock mountain time so jump on we'll, we can put the link you know in our description here but uh it's fun but i we actually made the decision on the webinar so it was the first time we ever did it live <laughs> it was so fun um so i went through all uh you know all the offers like uh, we were writing down notes and like why we would choose this uh, what makes it competitive? What, you know, like just weighing all the options and stuff. And so, you know, we had all these people on like chiming in like, Oh, don't take it because of this or, you know, like, it was yep, yep. uh, but all, as I was scrolling through all the webinars, what I like, I'm like, wait, what is this? Oh my God. No. <laughs> that's crazy. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> anyway. So tangent, but okay. So here it is. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Flippin' Sexy Real Estate Agent Experience Podcast. Please tune in to our next episode. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It means more than you know, and we'll see you on the next episode.